Russia has made a new illegal annexation of the Ukrainian territories, grabbing 15% of the Ukrainian lands which it occupied in the past eight years. This is the biggest annexation in Europe since the World War II. Ukrainians responded by continuing their counteroffensive and taking control over the first annexed territories. You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm a Ukrainian philosopher and journalist, chief editor of Ukraine World. My co-host is Tetyana Harkova, who is a Ukrainian scholar and journalist in charge of international outreach at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the biggest and oldest Ukrainian media NGOs. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We devote majority of your donations to help Ukrainian defenders and people affected by this war. So, Tanya, let us discuss. We make a, a traditional, traditional weekly digest, weekly uh, overview of the key events in Ukraine in the last week of September 2022. Uh, we also will try to discuss these things. And, of course, the the key events is the, uh, the new illegal annexation of the Ukrainian territories. Uh, Russia declared 15% of the Ukrainian territories as Russian territory, but also continuing Ukrainian counteroffensive, which challenged this political act. So let's discuss it. Yes, yes, exactly. This week was extremely intense in terms of events. So we observe a kind of acceleration of the whole story. Um, yes, indeed, it was a prepared uh, annexation of the territories. Let's look, have a look at how it happened at this uh, quite a solemn gathering um, when Putin talked. Uh, uh, what I paid attention to, I paid attention to the expression of faces of people present in this big room and during his speech. And my impression is it could be subjective, but uh, but I think that people were not happy at all about that. So they it looked like uh, as if they were present, uh, I don't know, in a cemetery somewhere, uh, just bearing the future of Russia. So not a joyful moment at all. But then we've also seen some videos from the uh, Red Square uh, with a big crowd of, uh, they say, uh, 60,000 people present at that moment. And they were kind of concert, uh, uh, once again, speech of Putin, and then a kind of concert to celebrate um, the annexation of these um, uh, these uh, territories. Uh, I would say that there were no more joy, neither, because in, in a way, yes, uh, Putin tried to shout loudly, hurrah, and that so welcome to the new territories, but I would not say that if you compare that to images of, for example, Hitler speaking to this uh, passionate crowd, you could see a kind of difference in that. And at that very moment, what is the, mo the most significant, that at that very moment when Putin was addressing his people on the Red Square, he his message was addressed to the West, 
mostly not to Ukraine, in fact. He was blaming uh, European culture, Western culture, like uh, their degradation and all that. And they did everything to be heard by, 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 by the West. But in that in particular hours, Ukrainian troops were finishing the procedure of encircling Liman. Let's, and, let's talk about this a little bit later and um, try to analyze the annexation and mm-hmm. what, what can be the reasons, the causes of it. Because one of the interpretation, uh, okay, let, let's just explain that there are four regions that Russia declared as Russian territories. There are the so-called Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic, which, as we remember, Russia occupied in 2014 part of the Ukrainian uh, Donetsk Oblast and uh, Luhansk Oblast. And then before this invasion, it uh, actually recognized the so-called independence of these so-called republics. We call them so-called because according to the Ukrainian law, these republics are not even the names of territories, but the names of organizations. Ukraine considers these so-called republics as terrorist organizations, and we, we should remember that. Then Russia declared that the territory covered by these so-called republics does not coincide with the territories that Russia de facto occupied. And this was the official reason of this full-scale invasion of 24th of February. Putin was saying that uh, Russia is trying to liberate the whole Donbass. At that very moment, uh, the so-called Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic, I think they controlled about one-third of the whole territories of Donetsk region in Ukraine and Luhansk region in Ukraine. Since 24th of February, uh, Russians have succeeded in occupying almost the whole territory of Luhansk Oblast, but they were much less successful in Donetsk Oblast. Okay, next what they did, they occupied uh, the south of Ukraine, uh, parts of Zaporizhia Oblast. In the center is Zaporizhia, the old Ukrainian region, the old Ukrainian town, which is a symbol of these Zaporizhia Cossacks and one very important element of the Ukrainian history. And also Kherson, Kherson region. In Kherson region, uh, they occupied since 24th of February the capital of the Kherson Oblast, and this is the only regional center, Oblast center, big city, that they have uh, occupied. Now, what is important is that in this so-called sham referenda that uh, Russians have have held uh, over over the past week and and over the previous week, uh, they actually the referenda was about the inclusion of the whole. Zaporizhia region, the whole Kherson region, the whole Donetsk region, the whole Luhansk region. So basically we are in a situation when Russia declared those territories as its territories, not only those that it's occupied de facto, but also the territories which it, which it does not control. Yes, exactly. And uh, even more important at the, in, to that extent is that uh, when, for example, Putin was talking about the annexation, he told that Russia includes now Donetsk People's Republic, Luhansk People's Republic, and then he mentioned Kherson's oblast, it means region, and then Zaporizhia region, without mentioning the, uh, the country to which this oblast belongs. 
So he was talking about that Kherson and Zaporizhia enters enter Russia now as oblast, not as independent states. But you are absolutely right. They are talking about that they annex territories which they in fact don't control. And when we I've seen many maps in, for example, in foreign media, when foreign media were discussing that, quite a number of them were showing maps where these um, territories, I mean the whole region of Kherson and Zaporizhia and uh, Donetsk and Luhansk were shown in a different color, as if as if this idea of uh, annexation was true and as if Russia has already cut these territories from Ukraine, which is absolutely not true. But um, I think this is the first case in history when somebody claims to annex a territory which uh, he doesn't really control. And things are getting even more interesting because um, uh, Ukrainian troops, they are uh, continuing their job. They are counter, there is a counteroffensive. And I think nothing will change for Ukrainian army in the coming weeks and months. And so we'll see how it goes. And they maybe... Uh, they, but they claim it. But then um, when we talk about that, it looks like we try to understand the situation from a legal point of view, from a, I don't know, normal point of view. But important thing is to understand that we are not no more in this kind of normality. So this is not normal to proclaim territories which you, doesn't belong to your country as yours. And um, uh, we can point many times that this is absurd, but it, it is. Yes, this is surrealist because not only they declare these territories, those territories that they de facto control right now as Russian territories, but again, they declare those territories which they don't control and which will most probably never control because it is very difficult to right now to make an offensive against Ukrainian army, which is now on the offensive. For example, they, in order to include the whole Zaporizhia region, they need to take Zaporizhia as a city, which is a big industrial city. And as we learned from this war, Russians are unable to take big industrial cities or big cities uh, in general, because the only big city they have taken, uh, well, they, they have taken maybe two big cities, Mariupol, but Mariupol was already in a very bad situation from the very beginning, and the attack was from the all sides, all possible sides, from the north, from the east, and from the south. And the second is Kherson, but it was the effect of uh, surprise, the surprise war they have taken Kherson in the, in the first days and weeks. And then uh, everything were, went bad for the Russian army. So and a very important thing that uh, I, want, I want us to discuss, because... Uh, you mentioned this foreign media. Uh, you know, I also have seen several questions which were posed, for example, for for Western officials, like uh, during the uh, the press conference of uh, Jan Stoltenberg on the thirtieth of uh, September, when he was asked several times by several Western journalists uh, the same question, and the question is, and and. We will now try to explain why the question doesn't make sense. The question is, and as I repeat, as I say, uh, this was several times. I think there were at all four questions posed by the journalists, and three of them were 
kind of variations on the same question. The, same, the, the question was, okay, Russia declared these territories as Russian territories. Will the West talk to Zelensky and ask him not to attack these territories, as this will mean attacking Russian territory? And, of course, Stoltenberg said that no, that uh, Ukrainians have a right to retake these territories. But again, the question itself, there is no understanding in the question itself that according to Russia, Ukraine is now occupying Russian territories. Whether there will be a counteroffensive or no counteroffensive for the Russian legal system, Zaporizhia is already a Russian territory. Kramatorsk is already a Russian territory. Slovyansk is already a Russian territory. Uh, big part of the Zaporizhia Oblast that Ukraine controls, big part of Kherson Oblast that Ukraine controls, big part of Donetsk Oblast that Ukraine controls are Russian territories. So according to this logic, uh, the West should ask Zelensky to, you know, to retreat from these territories that Ukraine de facto controls like from the city of Zaporizhia. So, of course, this will never happen. And uh, this, this is just giving you an understanding, okay, uh, if, if the foreign journalist is asking this question to provoke Stoltenberg or to kind of show the, that you need to talk to Putin, you should understand really what the question means. I also think that the main idea of these four, three or four questions during this press conference of Stoltenberg were also about nuclear threats. So just by expressing a kind of uh, um, point of your opinion on the situation that look now we are entering a dangerous situation because yes, Russia is not right, but they are declaring these territories Russian. And so how to do in a way that there, there will be no nuclear war right tomorrow, that was the reason of their questions, because the idea was to avoid a kind of escalation. But what I liked in the reply of Stoltenberg that time, uh, he was tr explaining methodically to, to different journalists the same, the same idea. He was saying that we are, um, we will uh, have much more risks uh, of any kind of strikes, even nuclear strikes, if we let Russia do what they do, what what it do, does now. Uh, and in order to to diminish risks of escalation of nuclear, we have to be to continue to do what we are doing. So it means that Ukrainian army should do everything possible to liberate territories, and allies, NATO countries, should do everything possible to support Ukraine. It doesn't mean that NATO is in a state of war with Russia. It only means that uh, that uh, NATO is supporting Ukraine, and uh, I think this is. Uh, major idea here is that when you try to present an argument, so let's come Putin, let's come the aggressor, because we don't want any kind of escalation. The only possible reply in uh, and correct reply would be, so. yes, everybody wants peace and everybody wants there to be no escalation. But the way to avoid escalation is this military defeat of Russian Federation and the retreat of the Russian troops from Ukrainian territory. Because if we let Putin continue. It, it's not only about Putin. It's about a number of states in this on this planet which will understand 
that that they can do anything they want if they have the force to do so and they are not stopped by 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 your western response so this is a question of principle and that is why this war in ukraine is not only about russia and ukraine and about our um, disagreement about territories it it's about principles and i think that there is a common understanding it we are, we are approaching we, we made several steps to this common understanding that the West cannot lose in this war because it will have dramatic consequences for many countries, for many regions outside of Ukraine and Russia. And it is important uh, when uh, the Russians have, you know, proposed this idea, this crazy idea that they basically declare those territories which they even do not control as theirs, why won't they, for example, declare is Germany as their territory one day? Because if you follow this Putin's speech, you understood that he actually gives a message that the West is an occupier, that uh, the West has occupied half of Europe. So in this logic, Russia should liberate this half of Europe to return to the world of 1914, to return to the world of uh, Yalta, Yalta system. And in this world, Poland should be Russian, Czech Republic should be Russian, uh, is Germany should be Russian and another part of the world, a half of the world. Yes, exactly. And when people, for example, so this is a different thing, people were asked during the Vox Pop what people think, how they justify for themselves why Russia is annexing Ukrainian territories. I mean, people in the streets. And the main, uh, the, the most popular response was, look, that Daporizhia uh, and Kherson and uh, the, these lands were, were Russian before. We were all together they said. So referring to, I guess, to Soviet past, we were all together at the same time in the same country, one country. So that's why we have the right to go there and to cut uh, just this territory. So they will not stop in Ukraine because they will claim that there is a sphere of influence elsewhere in Europe. And that's why they should be stopped immediately here in Ukraine. So let's now uh, talk a little bit about what's happening on the front line and how Ukraine responds to this annexation. So the Ukrainian response is very simple. Ukraine continues its counteroffensive. And uh, the bad news for Russians is that uh, as soon as they declare certain territories as theirs, they lost these yeah. territories. Um, this is, we're talking about maybe a tiny piece of land and uh, a town called Liman uh, in the eastern Ukraine. But this has a very symbolic and very dramatic uh, sense for uh, for the Russian society. And we will discuss this sense in, in that part of our podcast, which... Uh, which is open to our patrons, uh, to those uh, of you who are supporting us on patreon.com slash Ukraine world. But this will be the last part of this podcast. Now let's discuss what's happening on the ground. Well, what's happening on the ground? The situation was changing for many days already, for many weeks. And so at, that, at the moment when Putin declared the annexation of the territories, Ukrainian troops were already quite close to Liman and from different uh, sides, from different directions. So on the ground, it meant uh, an encirclement for Russian troops, which were inside. We've had many um, 
conversations of Russian soldiers inside this uh, inside Liman. They were de de desperate, in fact. They were preparing for imminent death, in fact. And this is a success story for Ukrainians, for Ukrainian troops, because this is not only about Liman. Now, at that very moment, we understand that Russian troops, they can uh, Ukrainian troops uh, are continuing to do what they have to do. They are trying to counterattack in, in the direction of Svatover, and some other localities. So this is only the beginning of the operation, which was started back in 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 September. In fact, uh, in September it was Kharkiv's oblast, but they continue in uh, in in this area, and uh, I guess uh, we, we will receive some some positive news for Ukraine in the coming days, because Liman is only the beginning of this operation, and uh, for Russia it it represents. Uh, Mm, very bad news because a day after they uh, declare that uh, Lugansk and Donetsk oblast they they are part of Russia, they start losing uh, villages, and it means that and the the Ministry of Defense they had to recognize that uh, Russian troops are no more controlling Liman. It means that uh, there is two different uh, situations. Two different realities. One reality is reality where Putin says that uh, all these regions they belong to Russia, and this is an imagination. And there is a reality where Ukrainian troops they don't let the U Russians control the territories. So the Ukrainian response is to, to continue counteroffensive, is to continue military operation, and this is something that um, uh, was said by Ukrainians numerous times. It was also, I remember, said by uh, Ukraine's foreign minister Dmitry Kuleba on one of the, I think it was one of these late night shows, uh, American late night shows. With Stephen Colbert, I think, uh, he said that Russians can declare a part of the moon as their territories. It, uh, Ukraine really doesn't care. So Ukrainians are continuing the counteroffensive. It is supported by NATO in this counteroffensive, as uh, Jan Stoltenberg said. And there is another symbolic uh, response that Ukraine has applied for joining NATO. And it was also a beautiful moment when uh, Zelensky, President Zelensky, Prime Minister Shmihal and uh, um, the speaker of, uh, of, the of the Ukrainian parliament, uh, they, uh, uh, they actually, uh, Stefan Chuk, they actually uh, uh, signed this application for NATO membership in front of the building of the Ukrainian presidential, presidential office. And so, this, this is not only an application, this is an application with this uh, accelerated procedure. So like uh, like Sweden Finland did a couple of months ago, so they are talking about the possibility to enter NATO quickly. It was a decision which was not expected here in Ukraine, let's say it frankly, because uh, we were discussing for many months already which system of collective security would fit best Ukraine. We remember that Ukraine was elaborating a kind of a, a kind of security guarantees model for, for during months. Uh, so all these questions, they are about the future. They are about strategic choice of Ukraine. This is about uh, what uh, will be done after the war, uh, because I I think that there is quite clear for for majority of Ukrainians that NATO will not enter 
the war now on Ukrainian side, I mean, in terms of troops, etc. And the NATO will never accept a country which is in a state of war at that very moment because it will not help uh, NATO security as itself. So this is our understanding. But in a way, anyway, we think that this is strategic strategically good decision. And even informationally, we've seen Putin was making his speech at three, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And almost at the same time, uh, Zelensky decided to make to make this uh, this historical, in a way, choice. And people were no more discussing what P Putin said, but the, everybody was discussing, so what does it mean really for Ukraine to apply for NATO right now? And I think uh, coming back to this annexation, I think it also we should also consider it in through the prism of the information war. So Putin was losing the war on the ground, and uh, the annexation was a message to Russians that look, no, 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 we are not losing. We are actually expanding. We're expanding our territories. I think it was also a desperate attempt to change the mood within Russia itself, as we see that uh, this mood is actually deteriorating, and uh, this was this will be uh, the last part of our podcast. So it was also a kind of a gesture of d despair. Yeah. If we cannot proceed, if if we cannot uh, expand, if our army is not attacking but is defending and is retreating, let's put these billboards uh, across Russia that Kherson, Zaporizhia, Donetsk and Luhansk are actually Russians. Well, the, the funny thing was that they actually on these billboards they enumerated the cities and as I continue to saying to to be saying this that Zaporizhia is not under control of the Russians yeah. and we hope that Kherson and uh, Donetsk and Luhansk will no longer be in Russian control very soon. So uh, this is the uh, the reality that we are discussing. Uh, we will uh, wrap up on this our uh, parts of the podcast for general audience. And uh, in the last part of our podcast, uh, which we devote for our patrons, we will discuss how all this news was presented in Russia. Because we see a, some dramatic signs that there is an increasing disagreement uh, and kind of already conflicts in, in Russia, even among the Russian propagandists. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm a chief editor of Ukraine World. I'm also a Ukrainian philosopher and journalist. My co-host is Tetyana Harkova, who is in charge of international outreach at the Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Uh, Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, uh, one of the oldest and uh, largest Ukrainian media angels. You can support us on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We devote the majority of your donations to help uh, Ukrainian defenders and people affected by this war. Patreon.com slash ukraineworld. And for our patrons, we also send the full episodes of our pet podcasts. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.